Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin. Today, I am going to uh, do a song breakdown. I'm going to uh, go part by part of uh, an old classic, Eating Peaches, and kind of describe how I made the song, how, how everything came together. Basically, try to do my best impression of Song Exploder. So... As you might guess, the uh, first musical component of Eating Peaches uh, is the bass line. That is the whole core of the song. That's the, the skeleton, for sure. That was the starting point. In early 2014, I think it was, I was living in Japan. I was living in Kyoto. I was working at a uh, local music venue a couple nights a week, uh, a place called Negapoji. It was uh, my first venue that I played at, that I performed at in Kyoto, pretty much as a, uh, as a songwriter, basically. Uh, I had played a bunch of shows there and then made friends with the staff, and they thought it'd be funny to have a foreigner dude come on to their, uh, to their team and serve drinks and take tickets and all that. So one night, I forget the name of the band, but there is this pretty interesting talking heads-ish sort of funky rock band that was playing at an event called Chocolate Fireball. So as opposed to playing on the stage, they were playing in the center of the room. And uh, it was the drummer. I think the drummer was also singing, and he's a really... He had an interesting vibe about him, and they had a sort of strokes-like distortion effect on the vocals. And there was like a guitarist and a bassist. It might have been a keyboardist. Anyway, they had one song that had a, a beat and a tempo kind of very similar to my song, Eating Peaches, and there was an arpeggiating bass line. And uh, I just really liked this groove they were doing. And it kind of made me think, you know, I do a lot of slower songs. I do a lot of ballads, very keyboard chord-led songs. I, I wanted to break out of my usual songwriting routine and do a song that was really focused more on a groove and had a bass line. I was like, I like the, the feel of what these guys are doing. I wonder what my take on this would be. So I first started with uh, my microbrute synthesizer, and I figured out what my arpeggio would be. You know, I didn't want to copy their thing exactly. I came up with a riff that wasn't bluesy, really, if you know what that means. It wasn't too minor, but it wasn't major either. It wasn't really sad or really happy. It was in this kind of more ambivalent space. I wanted something that, you know, it's hard to convey with music, but something that almost kind of had a humorous tint to it. Anyway, so I found my my baseline, my my go-to, this, this sequence of notes. Uh, I had it on my microbrute synth, and when I was further recording it, I uh, doubled it with a, uh, I think a synthesizer built in right in Ableton, mixed the two together, and this is what I got. And here's where I realized I could have the same riff going, but change the chords, so make this into an actual song, it's not just hanging in one uh, harmonic place the whole time, so I'm like, okay, I got this really cool bass line now, I got this general idea of a, a groove, 
I can flesh this out into a uh, an entire song now. I could see how this would work. So before I get into really, uh, you know, get down and dirty with the melody and the lyrics and work everything out, let's let's get some drums going. Let's let's get more in the uh, in the groove of this. So at the time, I was listening to some John Cale, the uh, former violinist for Velvet Underground, and he had some solo albums in the seventies. The song Barracuda, I really like the way those drums sounded. That kind of offbeat rhythm and the sound of the snare especially. So I sampled where the drums play by themselves at a certain point, which makes it really easy for just kind of cutting and pasting and taking those sounds and um, rearranging them yourself. So that's what I did to get uh, the snare sound in Eating Peaches. It's pretty much the same. I just tweaked it a little bit. And um, I mixed these samples with um, some different uh, sounds from drum machine sample packs, you know, your kick, your hi-hat sound, just pretty nondescript drum machine samples. Mix those two things with a drum loop that I also downloaded from some sample pack in the past. I don't know what song it's from, it's just called Steady. So putting an element in your drum track that isn't just, you know, half a second long hits. It's a, it's a full loop. It's got some air. It has uh, some atmosphere to it. I thought it was effective to mix that with the, uh, the rest of the percussion. So this is the full effect here. So I got my rhythm section. Definitely got a sweet bass line going. Let's nail down the structure of this thing and, you know, get our lyrics. So eating peaches is not a reference to any body parts or something. What I originally had in my head when I came up with the line eating peaches, so I'm, I'm living in Japan, right? And Fukushima happened, the nuclear meltdown, that whole disaster. A few years later... After the uh, the 2011 incident, I think it was on TV at some point, I saw that uh, they were trying to sell peaches from the Fukushima area again. They were trying to sell produce from this area that had recently been a total nuclear disaster. And that was met with a lot of uh, skepticism, as you might imagine. So eating peaches on dirty beaches, this idea of foolishly accepting tainted goods and in this sort of stream of consciousness, lyrical landscape I was making up, you know, as I'm riding my bike back and forth from uh, university, basically. That's where I did all my my lyric writing back then was just on these long uh, bike excursions, just coming up with this in my head. It, it fit and it seemed to just sum up this strange, surreal, weird, kind of sarcastic vibe. I was also really into uh, the Fear Fun album by Father John Misty at the time. I really like those lyrics where line to line, it almost kind of seems like nonsense. Or you don't really know what's going on, but it is evoking a certain mood and has a lot of imagery and everything seems to fit together within a certain theme. You don't know how, but it does. Uh, Beck does that really well on albums like Odile. So that, that's where I was at. I also wrote the lyrics very linearly, like start to end, I think over just a day or two, just everything fell into place. 
I didn't question it too much. I just went with the flow. So I have the song written. I just don't have anything recorded except the bass and the drums. Meanwhile, uh, I move back to America from Japan after I finish up uh, my junior year of college. Just a lot of... I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm wrapping up things with my Japanese band, El Tadehan. I got to move. Got to settle back into uh, my hometown area. I had to figure out the logistics of going, transferring back to my previous university in, in Massachusetts, etc. Uh, put the song on hold for a while. I finally uh, got access to a local studio friend had a studio space that uh, he let me sort of set up my equipment in uh, nearby where I was staying at the time and uh, the arrangement didn't last too long but while I had that space I just had one day working there I finally had a, my a new keyboard to work with that was super heavy super fancy you know I got I'm borrowing his speakers I'm enjoying my free time before my last year of college, you know, I don't have a, a job I got to contend with yet or anything. So I, I was really feeling it one day. I just had this awesome, like, two-hour session where I literally worked out everything else in the song, arrangement-wise, pretty much. I just got it all recorded and on there, just in a flow. I can't play guitar, but if I uh, have an electric piano sound and I add some overdrive, some distortion on it, I feel like I can get pretty close to that sound sometimes. And uh, that felt like the uh, the first thing to add on to really start to give the song some oomph. So I put these uh, you know these gnarly hits in on the uh, on the verses, which sounded like. So at this point, I'm just trying to cram as many different sounds into the song as I can before it feels like it's starting to get full. I'm not really thinking about what I'm doing. I'll just get an impulse to try a certain kind of sound out and just see, see where everything takes me. So the next idea I had was to have an organ sound, but not like a church organ, like some something that would just make the song even funkier, even dancier, fill in more of the space in an interesting way, give it more of a rock feel too. Uh, so something that's more minimal. What I came up with was a part that I would imagine you'd have in a, that song, Electric Avenue. I wanted something that had that sort of 80s echo, sort of just baked in the sun timbre to it. So I came up with something I'm pretty proud of here. So what became clear to me next was that there was going to be a contrast between this really kind of loud, rollicking verse and how the chorus would set in quietly, more dramatically, and, and build up uh, more piece by piece. It would be a little more delicate uh, going in. So this is where I cracked out the old piano and played something that was more delicate, more elaborate, and just gave this uh, new kind of polish to the song to add an extra level of uh, dynamics to it.
So the chorus has this more soaring kind of confessional moment or whatever, but then we got to fall back into the, the wacky, off-the-wall, funkadelic thing going on with the, uh, with the next verse. So in the, uh, the heat of the moment, I just decided to play a little avant-garde crazy jazz piano to, I guess, subliminally suggest the character is just falling back into this, the, the wacky world that we established earlier literally falling down the stairs in terms of just like just scattering along the uh, the keys of the piano back down to the bottom so i'm really cooking now and uh the next thing i think you know, I have a bass synth. Why don't I get a uh, synth sound in a higher register going in there? Layer things more. Maybe I'll, I'll double what the bass is doing with a, a higher pitch synthesizer, and there's room to add other melodies in there later. Seemed like the, uh, the next thing to do, naturally, add an element to this chorus I was developing. So here's what I uh, came up with. And again, these sounds are a combination of both just built-in Ableton software synthesizers and my analog microbrute. I felt the, the combination of the two was a really cool sound. My microbrute is broken at the moment. I really got to look into having it fixed soon. But I digress. Uh, anyway, so I got my synth layer going on. What do we want now? We want a uh, obligatory solo that comes in um, on the last verse before the last chorus. You know, just this extra element to the song, this extra wacky thing going on. I w at this point, I'm just a monkey on the keyboard. I just I wanted the feel of something that was like half organic, half like a machine just glitching out, um, just playing these random notes on the piano, and I, I edited them a little bit later. And again, this combination of my microbrute synthesizer that I hook up via MIDI, so it's playing notes even though I'm not playing on its tiny little keyboard, and then there's more Ableton instruments going on. Anyway, that, that's what this sounds like here. So winding down to the end of this crazy two-hour session I had at this, uh, this friend's studio, I wanted to go a little bit more widescreen. I wanted to have the sort of sounds that kind of hang in the back. They're slower, longer notes, and they just, you know, if we're talking about polish, they just give it this extra large um, sense of space. And I had a combination of a choir sound on my keyboard, just the built-in like, oh, patch. And uh, a and again, this is the time where I was using just a lot of the built-in Ableton 
sample sounds since I, I was a little newer to this whole uh, way of recording. So I had this uh, saxophone sound as well. I put the two together. So soon after that, things didn't really work out with the studio space. I had to make my own in like the spare room of, uh, you know, my parents' house when I was staying there. Made that more of a sound-treated studio space. I set up a vocal booth in the closet, just like covered the whole thing with with foam. And, uh, you know, worked on some other stuff, but then came back to this song and had my vocal session. I used the same exact mic that I'm talking to you right now on. This is the SM7B. What was kind of unique about recording this song was uh, I was using a certain preamp a lot at the time. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's just an extra hardware piece of gear that you would plug in before the sound that you're recording goes into your computer that just adds a certain extra flavor to it you know you might not notice if you're uh, if you're not a music nerd or studio engineer or something but i really cranked this preamp i went all out to get this overblown kind of broken amplifier effect on the vocals didn't uh record too many takes. I just kind of rushed through it, just blazed through the whole thing. I didn't have as much uh, criteria for my own vocals back then, maybe. But uh, here's a little bit of what that sounds like by itself. Well, I could never stop myself from having fun Still I can't help but to feel guilty Looking for favors when there's nothing left to sell But I don't care if it doesn't show Another fun fact for you, pretty much any time I record vocals, I like to have it double-tracked. That means I sing the same thing twice and have both of those recordings on top of each other. I just like how it gives a thicker, more rounded-out effect to my voice. Um, I think my voice by itself sounds a little thin, kind of naked sometimes. Don't do it on everything, but on this song, I, I certainly felt it called for it. So by this point, I had recorded all the elements of the song. That's the fun part. And then it was, a f you know, a few more months on and off of kind of tweaking some effects of stuff, doing the mixing, a lot of mix down. I was reamping, which means I'm like taking the sound out of my computer, putting it through an amplifier or a speaker and recording what that sounds like to give it a more of a, I don't know, I don't really remember what I was doing at this point, but I, I was trying to experiment a lot more back then with uh, making things sound different. I just didn't want to have anything sound too much like it was just a cheap keyboard into a, a cheap computer or something. I wanted to avoid the uh, the totally inhuman digital effects, even though that's you know pretty much how the how the uh, music is logistically created. But eventually, the song got uh, mixed by a professional very well. 
I might add. Grant Wicks did an excellent job. And then I had the thing mastered along with all the other songs on the uh, the album that I ended up calling Eating Peaches because it just seemed like a cool phrase. And that's kind of all there was to it, honestly. But yeah, it this song was a while ago. You know, I was 20, 21. Now I'm 25. I would say I'm a different kind of writer now. You know, I might have things more emotionally connected. I might be thinking a little more thematically overall. I might be more careful and go slower with uh, with how I write and how I record. But, you know, who's to say which, which is better? You know, just given that this was so long ago, I don't really remember too much else to say about it. It was always a, a blast to perform live, though. And by perform live, I mean play the song out of my iPod and just sing on top of that. If that's good enough for rappers, I don't see why I couldn't do the same thing. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed me taking you through my creative process a little bit. I know I talked mostly about uh, the technical side of things, the nuts and bolts of actually putting a song together. Uh, but you know what? That's mostly what I do over here at Niagara Moon. I, um, I'm not staying up late with a pen in my hand, um, you know, wist wistfully taking myself off into a fantasy land. I put in the time, I get those fingers on the keyboard, and that's about all I can say. Uh, so I'll play you the whole thing now, and um, you might notice some, some elements here or there that I didn't totally explore, but uh, I think I gave you a sufficient behind-the-scenes look, and... Um, Hope you enjoy hearing the song now.
Yes, I believe in magic, but it's not the kind of magic.